Episode 40 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined by John, my co-host. John, how you going, mate? Hey, I'm doing okay. Kind of a lazy week this time, <laughs> so not much to talk about. But um, what about you? Yeah, uh, a, little bit, a little bit of a crazy weekend, but good. it's good, I think, because everything's opened up again, you know. Yeah. Every, you can finally go to places and tick off the things you need to do around the house or things like that. But I, I did manage to play some Forza Horizon 5, uh, which launched um, for like premium edition owners or people who just pay too much for a game. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like launch. last I heard, it had a million, one at least one million people playing before it officially launched. Officially launches, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the subreddit was like, going crazy uh, everyone was like changing their like console um dates like times to oh, new okay. zealand yeah so, to yeah. try and get the early unlock mm. um which is good like I, I didn't quite get to play it when it unlocked on friday um at midnight but i did get to uh play it like when i got home that night like 11 something <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was good i got to do like the intro drive and then a passed out so oh, okay that's 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 good have you played much more <laughs> of it pass out. uh yeah i played like an uh, like a few hours over like probably about three hours okay. the weekend um yeah like the uh, like number one game looks gorgeous like i think all the forza games even especially the forza horizon games have always done really well with you know just lighting atmosphere just it's it's amazing uh, like the amount of detail there is in the world um, and the cars especially look fantastic but for some reason I kept like sometimes textures would lo- load in at like low quality when they're meant to be like they're, they're weirdly blurry sometimes even though I've set, set it all to like ultra apparently that could actually be a bug <laughs> so okay. it's like loading the low level textures when it's meant to be loading the ultra ones but I don't know we'll it, it it's only just come out today, like for wider release. Hmm. So it, it was kind of confusing because uh, so Forza Horizon Five, it's a Microsoft published game, so it's day and date on Xbox Game Pass. Um, however, the version that's on Game Pass is the standard game, so that's the one. So that version unlocked on the ninth, which is the the actual release date. But people who bought who pre-ordered the premium edition of the game, which was like 130 Australian, 140 Australian dollars, or they had the Xbox, like you could buy like a premium upgrade, which was like 60 bucks if you got it on Game Pass. Yeah, I heard but the weird thing about that is you, like if you stop subscribing to Game Pass, then you can't access that content because yeah. <laughs> it requires Game Pass. Mm. Yeah, because I heard the like that sixty dollar pack sounded like a decent deal because you got like the expansion part, like you're like buying the expansion pass and a bunch of other stuff, and you also get it four yeah. days early. So I can see why a lot of people bought it. Um, yeah, 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 and so plus people why... are into the game, so they'll be buying the expensive version anyway 100%. a lot of the time. So it makes a lot of sense. It's just a million is yeah. still like a high number for that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, like I guess it's it's kudos to like kind of the the cult following that I think Turn 10 and Playground Games have built 
uh, for Forza Horizon to have you know a million players willing to pay the upgrade cost or pay for the premium edition yeah that's to why. access the game four days early mm. and it's it's kind of strategic because traditionally like games like I feel like the launch weekend is like where there's the biggest hype around the game yeah so technically like it, it it's like Forza's gonna have two launch weekends because oh, okay. you've had yeah, the right. million players who got the premium edition and then that was this past weekend and then you've got like the majority of consumers who are probably gonna who are gonna get the game this like today and play it this weekend mm. like coming so it's like you get, you're kind of double dipping there yeah <laughs> Um, um, yeah, um, that's interesting because I know FIFA does it a lot. I think some EA games have done that as well. So it's it's not it's not new anymore, I guess. Yeah, definitely not. I think it's just like when I was thinking about it the other day, I was thinking it's like, oh, this feels like it feels a little exploitive. Well, it definitely is mm. in a way. <laughs> like there's no yeah. way it's not. Like I'm not gonna harp on about it, but it's just like uh, yeah. I was thinking about it the other day how like it's very much trying. You know, like the idea that you have to. They're making a big deal out of the Game Pass thing, which is like mm-hmm. a good mm-hmm. deal. And they're like kind of exploiting that, you know, level of like, you know, very easy or like ready to exploit level of hype that is so common in games. You know, like it's not yeah. like so many people are so like not open, uh, like susceptible to it. And it's just, mm-hmm. it just feels like, I don't know, getting like... I'm sure there's a few people where it's like, oh, you could play it like four days early. Like, I want to play it now, so I'm going to spend, you know, yeah. a third of yeah. a console cost on this game <laughs> that I've got to have access to anyway in four days. Like, it's yeah. Well, I think it's just like you know, it's capitalism, right? If people yeah. want it, we'll make it. And I think it's safe to say that the people who are willing to pay that extra to play the game four days early are probably the top of. They're probably the people who got, you know, three years worth out of Forza Horizon 4 and, and you know, two years worth for every previous game. Like, yeah. Forza's got a very dedicated community, not just like, you know, they've got... You can be a drift person. Like, you can have a drift, like, like club. Uh, you could be into, like, drag racing. You could be... You could have nothing to do with racing. You could actually be really good at tuning setups or you could, like, be really good at designing, you know liveries and stuff so i guess you know if if you're like only buying you know if this is like your thoughts a game for the next how many years you probably don't mind paying that extra yeah definitely like i'll I like yeah. i'll it definitely seems like playground have earned that sort of loyalty yeah. like i won't say otherwise i think yeah. like i think i guess what i, I didn't uh, yeah i definitely wasn't trying to like start something it does, but like bringing it up does make the thing. It's like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be like a strategy going forward with Microsoft titles because it definitely seems like a smart one if they want to make money. Mm. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think it's worse with FIFA. <laughs> yeah, what's that? How's that go? So I think yeah, like FIFA, you do get it like a few days early, either if you're like an EA EA Play member or if you like get like the special edition of the game. But what's worse about that is that that game literally comes out every year. Yeah, and that game is already packed with microtransactions about you know, like, the entire ultimate team. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, Forza is yes, it's got some microtransactions, but it's like, like you you're basically buying cars. Yeah, like yeah. as they get licensed, and and cars do have a lot of license costs and things like that as well. Whereas, um, like FIFA's already done, like FIFA does like long term 
deals with licensing. It's literally like, okay, this card is now yellow. It's not red. Oh, no, but the red's going to come out next month. It's like, ah, I don't know. It's interesting, to say the least. Yeah, it's like I was like thinking, I was like, um, yeah, when I was reading up people's comments on, you know, uh, Horizon's launch four days ago, Mm. I guess. Um, Yeah, and I was like looking at the, yeah, I was like finding out about that season pass, expansion pass, like, you know, pack that you could buy for the Game Pass version. Um, and I was thinking how like Horizon feels like one of the few games left that are really doing the more traditional DLC model that's like quickly mm. disappearing, you know, like two yeah. full-fledged expansion packs with its own deal individually, then like a bunch of like traditional car packs or like that, that yeah. is how it's built, right? Like it's like, you don't see yeah, that too yeah. much now. Like it's like, it's, I don't know. It's not like, I'm not really commending it. I guess it's good. It's uh, it's worth the money you're paying for it at least. It's better than a lot 100%. of places. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean... The thing is, um, like, the game itself is holding up. Like, if you look on, like, Metacritic, it's, like, averaging, like, a 9, like, 90 out of 100. Yeah, very high. So, it's, like, like, the day, like, you know, the reviews came out, it was, like, 9s, 10s. Like, like, ING gave it a 10. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, GameSpot gave it, like, a 9. Oh, maybe GameSpot gave it a 10 as well, but it's, like... It holds up its side of the bargain. Like, it's fantastic to play. Like, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Is there, like, because I haven't looked through reviews properly yet, is there much of a difference mm. with this time compared to previous versions? Because, yeah, think- so, um, yeah, so the, for, for folks who don't know, the Forza Horizon series is an open world spin off of the Forza Motorsport games. So it still has kind of like the hyper realistic graphics and things like that, but it, if the Forza leans more towards simulation handling and simulation and and Forza is more about track racing, this is all about, you know, kind of open world, off-road, just kind of like go wherever you want racing. And it's a bit more like leaning towards the arcade side of things. So you can still turn off all the assists and put on simulation mode and all that stuff. So what I can say is that, yes, it it, it is very... It's it's a lot of the same as Forza Horizon 4 and 3 and 2 and 1, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's a bit more of a structure to the single player this time. A lot more like voice acting. Uh, it seems like they've kind of fixed a lot of... Like, they're trying to make playing online with, your, with people, like random people, a lot more fun. There's a new Forza Link system that lets you kind of like quickly chat and start things with people. Like, I mean... Start events, not start, <laughs> not start <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, it, it it's like it it looks gorgeous. Um, it's it's really well optimized on PC. Like you can crank it up pretty high, and and get really ho- like good frame rates. And I bet even if you got a like a a lower like an older, you could probably even play this on a like a, a like a decent laptop, or even like a. Uh, or even like a, a like a less capable graphics card, you mm. can turn down some settings and it really scales well. the The other thing is the the racing wheel support has is really improved. Like I'm not sure okay. if it's a placebo or not, but because I I watched a YouTube video talk praising how it's improved before yeah, I actually right. read about it. Yeah. But the essentially playground playground games has said that you know we've, the problem before was that cars would just like and and I experienced this myself like cars would just like. You couldn't control them, <laughs> like unless you had a really underpowered car. Like you would just like be constantly like spinning around, or like f- you'd be doing donuts when you're trying to go around a corner. Okay. 
Um, and but the thing is, like, it always played really well on on controller. So that's clearly where the optimization was. But this time around, the the cars really handle much better, much more realistically. Um, uh, on a racing wheel, it it feels much better. There's a lot more control you have. So by making uh, the way they've basically solved it is to make the cars more realistic. They've got kind of more weight. They don't just like kind of slide around uh, like kind of older games would, which is which is good because like I like it, it it feels great on a controller, but like now on a racing wheel, it also feels really good as well. So I'm yeah, definitely cool. loving what I'm playing so far. I haven't played that much. Uh, I'm keen to see what how the online holds up, especially now that we've got a wider player base. You know, the servers are going to be slammed a bit more, but yeah. it, it's it's fun so far. I'm really excited. But yeah, um, you know, speaking of exciting, John, you got some 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 new friends. Yeah, some new members um, of the family. I did mention it last time, right? That I was getting kittens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. You did. Uh, no, but we were anticipating. Yeah. So we got. Um, at the house, which, oh, how do I have this? Anyway, um, we got like two new kittens, which um, one's a calico cat called Zoe. Another is a male cat, male, like mostly black. It's got like, I didn't realize it until we got them. It was like, they've got like, he's got spots of white on him, but he's like mostly black. Um, which we, he doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> so well, he'll probably have a name by tomorrow. Um, yeah. And you have to give him a wrestling name. Nah. <laughs> every really? time, every time I keep brainstorming names, it's like, oh, like one, it's not just my cat, but also it's just yeah. like, um, every time I think of something referential, it just like it immediately loses its in- interest to me. It's like, oh, I just want them to have a normalish <laughs> name that doesn't doesn't feel attached to something. Yeah, because um, because technically, <clears throat> it's uh, yours and your sister's cat. Oh, I, cats, and right? my mum's like. You know, and your it's like yeah. it's a house's cat, you know, a family cat. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't have cats, like you don't have other cats that they're joining, right? No, no. Um, my yeah. our last cat Leo passed away a year or t- about a year ago, I think. It's been a little oh. while. And then we had a, an older cat before that who passed away. I don't know, five years before that, maybe it's been it's been a while yeah. for her. Anyway, yeah. But we've, so yeah. you've always had like cats around the house. Generally, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so it's yeah, it's very nice to have. It's it's like I don't remember Leo as a kitten because we had him as a kitten, but it's been it'd been too long. So it's like, yep. I guess it's been since I don't know. It's around probably when I was in high school we got him as a kitten. So it's yeah. like I just don't remember it anymore. But um, God, I'm so old. <laughs> I hate being able to say that. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's it's been very cool. nice, but not too much to add. I just, uh, it's. How, how have they taken to the house? Um, they're really comfy, actually. I think it really helps that they're like together because they're basically siblings. Yeah. Like they're not quiet, yeah, but they're yeah. like grown up together, um, raised together rather. And it's, um, yeah, they've gotten really comfortable really fast. And like most yeah. of the house is like pretty good for them, except for the lounge room where the game systems and stuff are, which is a problem because <laughs> there's like a lot of cables and they usually, they seem to be okay with cables, but I caught the black one um, biting on one of the, yep. like showing the That's controller cables. And it's just like, oh, okay, I don't trust them fully yet. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's like um my, like we've got two cats, a, a brother and sister and and the sister is like, We've had to like change most of our cables to braided cables because of oh, that okay. reason. Yeah, she loves just cables, and it's so dangerous because like she'll chew through power cables and stuff. It's like she could like really hurt, like she could electrocute herself. Yeah, I'm definitely in the phase where I'm like terrified for them 
dying soon <laughs> just because yeah. they're so tiny and like like even the way all the way they move as kittens is so like baby like you know like the way the way yeah, they're not yeah. fully complete like not fully um they're figuring things out aware of how like their limbs like move you know it's like they <laughs> completely lack grace and oh. like and zoe especially is like really ambitious <laughs> like so she's yeah, like she's yeah. the one like trying out jumps from high things to other high things <laughs> Um, Where do they sleep? Do they sleep with you guys? Oh, we have a little room for them, which has made it much easier, like very, very easy. Um, oh, like okay. we have like room kind of sectioned off for now that usually has yep. like a, a fridge in it and a few other things. Like it's, it hasn't had much purpose otherwise, so it's kind of good we have yeah. it. Have they, have they, um, uh, have they become, are they affectionate? Do they try to jump on you guys when you're on the couch or anything? A little bit. They're, they're very like, because... I think a lot of it's just because they have each other, so they're kind of warming to us yeah. somewhat slowly. But it's like it's happening. But it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not worried. It's just like it's um, <laughs> I think I don't. I have like no memories of it. It's mainly yeah. just kind of feeling, I guess. But I'm pretty sure when yeah. went, when Leo was young, he would he got attached to us relatively quick because he was yeah, by himself. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's um. Well, like you know, or at least he wasn't. Um. Wasn't really friendly with Shadow or anything. Oh, maybe we didn't have Shadow by then. I don't remember now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's just like they have each other and they're very comfortable in yeah. their own little space. So they're kind of they're warming to us. Definitely, they're not uncomfortable oh. around us now. But it's yeah. Start taking like if you ever want to be able to take them outside and take them on walks, I'd say start early. Like get them used to it. Even if you just like put them in their carrier and hold them outside. I know people like have those cat backpacks. Get them used to the outdoors. <laughs> And then you can eventually like um put them on leashes and and walk them, because now is the perfect time to get them used to being outside. Like not as outdoor cats, which I'd never recommend for anyone. Yeah, it's just too risky. Um, I would yeah. If if you ever want to like, it's so cool. Like I see all these like TikToks and Instagrams of like people taking their cats on adventures. I'm like, what? Why can't my cats do that? Yeah, that's um, <laughs> what's it's like. Uh, oh, I don't remember the cat's name now. There's one on Twitter that's very cute because I was looking at it like a week ago. It's like Bone Bot or something because I think its name's oh, Bone. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, but it's yeah, I'll look into that because like uh, I think we're very we're definitely going to keep him inside because Leo got out yeah. a lot and got into a lot of fights. Um, and yeah. we don't really want to deal with that again, and, you know, there's diseases and infections, and you know, they could, you know, like you know get run over or you know things like that and and the thing is like this is in the natural environment mm. you know, it's like that's that's and, and the, not to mention like the damage they can do to like you know the the fauna like native wildlife and things like that as well so yeah yeah so. and they're, they're happy being indoors yeah especially when they have each other because they don't need to like they can play with each other a lot which is like a problem yeah. shadow oh a problem leo had was that he was very active yeah. And he yeah. he needed to get out a lot just because he didn't have any, you know, we didn't even have like really toys for him, which is a problem we definitely solved this time. <laughs> we have like yeah, a lot, yeah. too many toys. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then that's good. They're, them having each other, they keep each other company. They don't feel as alone. So if everyone's at work or you know at uni or whatever, it's it's really like it's it's good for them. Good to them. yeah, good definitely them to be together. Have but, they um. Do you, have they been in your rooms yet? Like in your bedroom or anything? Explored? Or uh, not yet? Um, no, not yet. I think Zoe came to inspect the entrance of my room and then left. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I don't know because I clean. You're disappointed. Yeah, probably, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, but it's just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're kind of exploring. Like they keep kind of trying to rush for certain doors and entrances. Yeah, yeah. But they're generally um, they're curious. Yeah, definitely very <laughs> curious. But um, they're not. Yeah, I don't know. They're making their way out slowly. They're like feeling their way out. So, um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a nice time. Last nice last four days four or five days because we got on friday um yep. so yeah it's been nice <laughs> it's been, it's, been oh, it's very awesome. nice to have pets again it's like because um yeah yeah but I'll, I'll just leave it at that it's not much else to L- say L- anyway yeah yeah I, I don't think i could ever go back to not having pets like it's just they they make your life so much better that mm. you, you, I, I just can't I, I grew up without pets and i'm like how i could never do that to my kids like not let them have pets <laughs> yeah it's very it and um yeah it just helps a lot it's like it's kind yeah. of it's easy to because i we haven't had a cat, a cat for like at least a year or so yeah now like until now and it's um yeah it's just just really missed it didn't realize how much i missed mm-hmm. it until we got the kittens so and then yeah. I'll, I'll probably remember that again once they've become more affectionate because <laughs> like yeah, now, yeah. now they're like in the mode where you know they have each other and they're kind of more interested in the environment they find themselves in Mm-hmm. so once they get more once of that they'll probably get yeah. more comfy with us um but yeah yeah, yeah. anyway that's you, you, you'll probably find like one of them being closer to you and one of them maybe closer to your mom and your sister it, yeah probably, probably yeah but um <laughs> yeah but that's uh that's john's kitten update for this week <laughs> um yeah so oh, that's, that's great that. to you. maybe next week we'll get an update about the name situation <laughs> yeah I, i'll at least post it on twitter if anyone uh is interested in seeing kittens. <laughs> you'll have to put um, you'll have to put a PlayStation, an Xbox, and a Nintendo in front of them, and then make them. Cho- they have to like choose which one they want. Oh, I don't trust them around my game <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe <laughs> put the controller in front of them. They'll sniff it out, and whichever one they go to, that's like then they're locked into that. They they have to hate the other ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that's a, a lot of a lot of shenanigans happening in John's household. Uh, I think uh, it'll be good to talk about what was on the site last week, and we had Callum uh, putting up his review of Midnight Protocol from uh, Lugus Studios. I think I pronounced that right. Lugus Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, it's, it's like reading his review sounds like he really enjoyed it, and like the he kind of. Talked, he kind of, um, kind of succinctly kind of described the, the the gameplay and the art style. Is that it? Pretty much looks like the hacking mini game from Deus Ex: Rev- uh, Human Revolution, where it's kind of like um, abstract. You know, you got like kind of nodes and lines between them, and you're getting chased by like a like a um, like a ice uh, like intrusion countermeasure, like an antivirus kind of thing, and he. Um, he described it as a a quote deck building turn based puzzle game, which is cool, especially given it's a cyberpunk theme. We actually got a decent cyberpunk game in the in the yeah. last eighteen months. Finally, yeah, I I've it, I'm hoping it's not transphobic too. That'd be nice. But, yeah, uh, that's um, that should be on the back of the box. Not transphobic. Yeah, 
but it's like yeah it sounds like it's basically like yeah those like hacking mini games from human revolution or i think you compared to something else but i forget now um but it's like taking yeah, that and turning it into games like, that do that yeah definitely and it's like taking that mm. and turning it into like a vn format i think like a visual novel sort of you know like yeah. kind of going from story beat to story beat while doing puzzles which i guess i don't know i'm not sure how much of a vn it is actually it's kind of hard to yeah. gauge exactly from the screenshots we um, yeah, included yeah. in the review but it um, sounded really nice actually like the idea that a game like that is like you know that he, like worthy of such high praise makes me like it's like oh, i'm into hacking mini games <laughs> like i'll play it <laughs> yeah i'll play a few hours of a game that's totally based around this but he he definitely said he found it to be an engaging cyberpunk rpg and he said it's well worth the time and money that players invest in it so four out of five it's it's uh definitely one to like keep an eye out for i guess mm. another claimed four stars from <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i don't know if we're too like are we too lenient and we should be giving these games threes or if we're too harsh and we should be giving everything fives it's it's hard to tell right now with our sample size yes <laughs> well, we'll see <laughs> we'll see in a little while <laughs> we'll see this time next week we've definitely had some harsh uh, i think yeah. we had a few like uh, we had at least one very harsh review like right before we implemented the system like from yeah. um like something ben reviewed i forget the title of it now uh, i mean i shouldn't say the title anyway because it's kind of mean <laughs> but, yeah. but it's yeah. um anyway yeah like they'll come there's up there's always eventually. room for improvement yeah i guess we're just on like 2021's on like a bit of a streak in terms of quality games yeah. maybe which is good yeah which is good because um like uh uh my hope is i really want to be able to get in a review for forza horizon 5 mm. so that that should be fun like i and i'll definitely get at least four years, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably yeah <laughs> so far yes <laughs> who knows maybe maybe the, like um there'll be some horrendous microtransaction limit or something and i'll be like what yeah <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That, that does it for the stories on Double Jump from the past week. Let's uh, move on to the news. So our first news story for this, uh, this uh, week of headlines is from software and publisher Bandai Namco. Namco Bandai? Bandai? Oh, they, okay, Bandai Namco. I always forget it because they definitely had it one way. <laughs> they, had <laughs> sleep. they had a switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's Bandai. Uh, yeah, I think Bandai, because Bandai is the bigger company now, let's be honest. Like, anime is bigger than Space Invaders. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm pretty sure that's what Namco like, and Ridge Racer were, like, the main things for it. But anyway, um, so, yes, uh, we've got a, like, a about 20-minute video covering the, like, a like a gameplay preview of Elden Ring, which is the very hotly anticipated kind of Souls-like from from software which uh i think th- i think this is the one that uh george r r martin of of uh, the game of thrones fame uh like kind of did some kind of world building and kind of like basic set up the law for it like years ago and so the, the from software teams kind of taken taken uh taken it like kind of made it manifest and i don't know about you but it it, it looks cool so far man it it looks really like it looks like one of those games, <laughs> but it looks good. Yeah. I was I was actually kind of surprised. Like it's definitely like they're showing off the high end spec sort of builds of it. PC, but I was like, I was I kind think, of surprised yeah. how nice it looked. I guess like it's just I yeah. guess a lot of it's kind of we- like because I don't I've only played Souls like from games on 
console hardware so far. So I haven't played it on PC mm. where this would probably already be common. But it's like I was surprised at how much like the lack of aliasing in a from game. I was like, it's like oh, everything looks yeah. so nice and colorful. It's like it's kind of <laughs> it's it's strange. Yeah, but I can I can definitely talk about um yeah, like the lighting and, and the color palette seems it seems like um like from software took like a lot of the designs from the Souls games and then just turned up the saturation or something. Like yeah, because there was some feels like that. There was some like interview. That. Oh yeah, I'll say as well. It's like from what was going on in this content, I was like I was kind of skimming a couple for previews from a few months ago or so. I don't remember when yeah. that happened. It wasn't too long ago though. But I'm pretty sure this is like more or less the exact content that. Um, previewers saw at other outlets yeah like because like it was kind of the exact stuff they were describing um so Mm -hmm. i don't think there's too much new information to be gleaned from this to see it now oh yeah definitely yeah it's like it's kind of interesting to see kind of this the feel of certain things like i noticed with the horse riding it looks very much like controlling a normal souls character but you're kind of bigger and now a horse horse. which is like (laughs) i would actually prefer that way like rather than doing like you know kind of the sluggish course controls every game seems to have which is like hit and miss yeah. it's like oh, it's, i'm glad they didn't just they didn't bother too much with it like i, I like that it seems <laughs> kind of arcadey and and there's no there's no hiding the fact like there's no like law explanation it's just like you just whistle and then a horse just appears like it just kind of like appears out of nowhere like oh, in front of you there probably is a law infl- oh, like oh yeah but i mean like they don't do the thing where it's like oh the horse always comes from behind you so you oh, never yeah. like see it spawn in like they're just like nah fuck it yeah it's like a ghost you call it <laughs> it's <them>. magic <laughs> um yeah, yeah like the lighting looks really good like i, I don't think it's ray traced but it does look very oh um, yeah nice. we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later um, yeah. on the ray tracing part because there was a bit of an update yeah. since um, this preview came out but I'll like I'll yeah. kind yeah. of um, I'll just kind of oh should I go over some of the information is it worth going over yeah yeah maybe maybe just like a brief like it's just like kind of like main dot points I think yeah. that are just gameplay relevant okay so we got our first look at how the map works like the map mechanics so it's kind of split into so yeah first time we have a map in a Souls game as far as I remember or in any From game Ooh. I don't think there's any others like, um, mm. Did Sekiro have? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, but I've like, never heard of the map being mentioned in those games. So yeah, either it was like really like, like, like lame, like, or it was just not in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it has a map. Uh, it seems to be a very big map, from what we can see of it, mm. and that doesn't and it doesn't include like dungeons and stuff. So there's like, a lot of yeah. like. Uh, they've probably mentioned something about how big this game is already in terms of stats, like, you know, relative to other games, but um, it looks very big from this, what we saw. Um, it's unlocked in, mm. like, map fragments rather than being... So it doesn't seem to be unlocked by, like, a tower system like in Far Cry or Breath of the Wild. It seems to be, yeah. like, you find chunks of map, like parchment, and it unlocks sections of the in-world map, which I think is actually great. I love that idea. It's one of those yeah, things where it's rewards. like exploration yeah like it, it's like one of those things where yeah. um you know hearing about like an open world souls game the map system is one of those things where it's like oh that feels like it could undermine aspects of what these games are already so good at but that's yeah. like a good i don't know i'm not sure if that'll remain true but it's um it i don't know that makes me excited where it's like oh, okay they're doing the map in the way i really hoped it would and it seems to have like um yeah. buttons like markers that are like buttons in like hollow knight or something that, mm. that's what it reminded me of personally is like yeah, you can like, like that metroidvania style 
Because mm. I think Hollow Knight was like a Metroidvania-style game, right? Yeah. Like exploration, going back to areas once you've got new abilities and stuff. Yeah, but it's like... Um, you can, like... In Hollow Knight, you could purchase and then actually, like, use, like, certain, like, symbol mask markers on the map mm. and, like, plant it wherever you want to mean whatever you want. Um, yeah. And that seems like it has a similar system here, which I think is really cool. Oh, cool. Um, first look at the stealth system, which is like to my eyes seems pretty basic like it doesn't look like it's doing much it looks like kind of last of us with medieval soulsy twist but the, <laughs> yeah but the ai seems very basic doesn't seem to have like, like much of an awareness system yeah like to me like it just looks like what i've seen from previous soulsborne games like there's just things around and you just kind of it, it's weird like you're just like it's kind of like they're in idle, and then when you go towards them, then they like kind of oh they realize oh wait I'm meant to do something. They like sit up or stand up, and then they move around and they like kind of hobble around and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. It's um I'm got, I'm curious how it compares to Sek- uh, Sekiro. I, mean, I was just mm. thinking like oh, I meant Sekiro, to pronounce yeah. it like that way. Um, but yeah, I'm not yeah because I haven't played that because it's still very expensive. Uh, so I haven't gone around to it yet. Um, and you play you played the Neo games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm just curious. Like, you know how you talked about like kind of the the the. I remember you talking about kind of the AI companions that you had in Neo. Like this sort of has something like that, right? Yeah, um, in Neo, there was something called Soul Cores, where you could, like, an enemy... Like, I think practically any enemy in the game had a chance to drop something called a Soul Core, and when you, you mm. could equip that soul core, soul core onto you, and you can summon them for, like, you know, basically like a fighting game assist, you know? Like, they do a single yeah. attack, and then they let go. And this seems to be kind of, like, it reminded me a lot of that, where I'm not sure if you get it from enemy drops, probably not, but... Um, yeah, you can like summon. Seems like you can mainly summon like mobs of enemies or stronger individual enemies to help out in just whenever you want. Um, yeah, from looks of it. Otherwise, I, don't I thought there was a mention of like, I thought there was like a a way to get co-op partners, but maybe I was just. Oh, there is. Yeah, there's yeah, like it has. Yeah, there, like, there's also co-op as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Like this is an okay. addition to what we normally have in these games, where it's like there's yeah. you know, hostile invasions plus co-op summons. Cool. Um, not sure. Uh, f- yeah, another thing that stood out to me. Aside, yeah, so I think like no real new information from the preview if you've been following along with the game. But one thing I noticed in this preview is how much variety in the gameplay they showed off. Because I went back and checked out a few as well. It's like the way From usually shows off their games is in very like stark gameplay setups. Like you know you have a sword mm. and a shield. They don't really see much more than that. Like you see, it's mostly yeah. focused on the environment and the visuals and the like atmosphere. And this time you get yeah. like lots of different weapons, lots of different magic. Like magic rarely shows up in these previews. Horse as well. fighting, yeah, and like, horseback fighting. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just like a lot. Like they're showing off like a very you know a diverse range of things you can actually do in the game. Not in terms of just like you know content wise, but like in just how you can play it moment to moment. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um, but um, yeah otherwise i don't think there's too much to learn from it um and kind of go back yeah. and watch it yourself or go back and look at the read those more thorough and not previews. having fall damage i think is cool because i remember like how frustrating like when people would play it and then like a boss would like kind of knock you down some stairs and that would be enough to kill you 
Yeah. Because <laughs> you had like a little bit of health left or whatever. Yeah, it's weird seeing like normal <laughs> Souls style gameplay, but mixed up with jumps, crouching, and yeah, like no fall damage. So it's just like, yeah. it's, it like when he put those three into it, it's like, man, it's like an entirely different game. Now. <laughs> it's like there's like a little mm. bit in like one of the dungeons I show off towards the end where like the main, like the player like hops over a little gap between the, like very easily between like two like wooden, you know, kind of a, you know, floorboard yeah, sections. Like rolling into it and then hitting some sort of weird block or something. Yeah, it's like that's like so much. Like knowing that it took much effort to do that in the first place, you just—it's just that it was like, you know, you didn't have a jump mechanic. You had like a, you know, a run like a roll and, and stuff, roll right? mechanic to yeah, pass yeah. over the gap. Now it's just like <laughs> now that stuff's just like you know as simple as it is in pretty much any other game. So it's um, I'm curious yeah. to see how it works out. I'm still yeah yeah um, what, what what did you so like. Having played, you know, you've played the Souls games and you've played the Neo games. Like, how does this compare? Is this, like, the Neo games, like, it, does this borrow much more, anything more than the Soul cores? Do you see anything else in this? Or is this pretty much, this is a Souls game? Um, I don't know, actually. The animations I haven't actually. I didn't actually think of that much. Because I actually did think of the Soul cores connection already because I had to go look Google what they were called as well. But yeah. um, it's... Yeah, like it's actually a good yeah, cuz I was actually saying the part about gameplay diversity and that that is like yeah. its strength in Neo is how much you have access <laughs> to pretty much everything right off the bat in terms of like, yeah. you know, what you can do yeah in combat. Yeah. Um it makes sense like, given Team Ninja's kind of pedigree with third third um third person action games. Yeah, definitely. So it's like I can yeah, it's like seeing this preview and just how much how many weapons you can use like I'm very curious to see because like the way these games usually work is that certain weapons like pretty much like 90% of the weapons and magic especially magic is just kind of littered throughout the world in specific places so the reason like so when I say that in the earlier previews um, of like previous games you could like they only showed it off with like very basic equipment it's because like the basic like the standard player wouldn't really either find or really even use the magic because I never did because I never played these games more than once <laughs> basically yeah. and it's just like yeah. I never played them enough to really like learn the ins and outs of its various you know systems especially magic because yeah. magic's always just seems a bit like I'm sure it's easy enough to learn but it's just I can't learn it by myself or like figure out exactly what to do in the most appropriate way without feeling like a weakened myself for like harder <laughs> content later. So it's always felt like yeah. a risk. Um, but Fair yeah, enough. yeah. But it's like, it's a good comparison though. Like one I didn't yeah. think of, it's like, it definitely feels a little more Neo in that sense. And that it's like, you do like jump attacks and <laughs> you have like stealth systems and yeah, there's a lot going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, yeah uh, in terms of yeah hardware, what's yeah, going on there? So that's, um, that's been revealed yesterday i think as of recording i don't really remember mm. but um yeah we've had it confirmed that um performance mode is an option with at least the um current gen hardware so on series x and um ps5 and i think series s as well in that case uh, current gen is up to native 4k as expected and um yeah, and the bigger news, which I wasn't expecting at all, is that ray tracing will be added to Series X and PS5 versions um, yeah, by a patch at some point. I'm not sure if that'll be a day one patch or if it'll be, you know, later, yeah. probably later. Um, 
And uh, and this game could really benefit from it because the thing like with ray tracing is that it really does change the way games look when it's really well implemented because like it, it watching this trailer there's like the character would move from like a, a very bright scene to a dark scene and then like there would just be like this weird glow of the world or the character that wouldn't really exist in real life where you'd have like a light source coming from one place like the sun or you know candles or something whereas in this it's like there's always like this weird like kind of illumination no matter where you are and yeah i think atmosphere like imagine like a souls like imagine um like in a being in a dungeon where like there's nothing but torchlight and as you like the light actually flickering so when you like you when you stand in front of the light your body blocks it so that your the things you're fighting are in shadow. Like that would be so much like cooler. Like imagine that like kind of yeah. scariness there rather than everything just being lit up by mysterious lights that we can't see. Yeah. Like when you bring up like illumination as well, that like I that definitely wasn't something I was thinking of, but it does feel like a um you know, a con of them kind of tuning the vibrance and saturation of their usual mm. style up a fair bit more than usual because in an interview he talked about like the director or someone involved with the game discussed um yeah like turning up the vibrancy because it's an open world thing you needed people feeling yeah. more comfortable exploring like because that has like a real effect apparently so mm. like it's like yeah but i think that might be kind of an a you know negative outcome to a sense is that like However, the engine works. Whenever things are like kind of brighter and more colorful, it sort of has a more. It ends up, I don't know, diminishing the atmosphere. Like you said, like so it's um, yeah. But I it's cool. Know, like there's, there's the art style is definitely like very beautiful, and it 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 seems like when you do go into those different areas, like there is like a different palette, like more like you know, yellows and oranges when it's like more of like a autumn kind of setting or you're moving into like a green meadow or you're moving into kind of like the gray stone of a dungeon like that would be it would be cool to see how that works with ray tracing and maybe that might add create a sense of realism yeah where the art style kind of takes a little bit away from that it'd be cool it'd be cool to see it in a game like this where it's not photorealistic you know what yeah I, mean? I don't think we've seen a game of like this style really seen with ray, tra- ray tracing yet like I don't know if the Demon Souls remake had it Oh yeah, yeah. No, it didn't. I th- no, I think they. Oh, mm. wait, did they? <laughs> I don't remember. No, I think anymore. it did have it. Okay, but it's a very different palette. Like it's def. Like this definitely has like a. Like this definitely has a, not cartoony, but it's there's definitely like a. A cell shaded or some element here that seems very different to like kind of more of like the gritty. Real like more, I guess more realistic look of the Demon Souls game. I mean, which is pretty funny to talk about like yeah. realistic when you're talking about a souls game but yeah it's definitely a distinction yeah but it's um mm, mm. but yeah i think that kind of sums up what we've heard from yeah. um elden ring so that's, that's cool yeah so due out in february so since it got delayed a month for now, or so touch yeah. wood yeah <laughs> yeah for now um but yeah yeah pretty much sums it up yeah and the uh the next story we've got is uh you know <sighs> back to the land of ubisoft and Weird shenanigans happening around, you know, workplaces. This time, uh, we've had um, a Kotaku uh, publishing a report where um, several sources have told the, uh, the, the publication that uh, Ubisoft's 
uh, Ubisoft is really trying to hold on to talent in its Canadian offices by offering uh, pay rises across the board for its developers. So uh, people might know Ubisoft Montreal, Ubisoft uh, Quebec. Uh, I think like Montreal is basically like the lead developer on like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry. I think Ubisoft Toronto made, I think might have made Watch Dogs or made like, what's that? The Crew? I think it's The Crew. Oh, right? The Crew, right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely like, I mean, Ubisoft's all over the world, but like Canada is like a powerhouse when it comes to gaming, especially mm. because of the, the subsidies the government offers. So um, according to the Kotaku report, sources have said that Ubisoft is, quote, desperately trying to hold on to what few experienced devs are still there. Here. Uh, end quote, which is kind of a, it's kind of worrying, <laughs> you know, like it's not a state you want to really be in, but given all the controversy that Ubisoft has faced, you know, in the wake of, you know, like accusations of harassment, toxic work culture, uh, like, you know, like really dude bro executives and, you know, like a really shitty environment to work in, like not just in Ubisoft, like in the Canadian offices, but it seems like around the world as well. This this definitely, s- it, it seems plausible, you know. It's it's like a Band-Aid fix. Yeah, it's, um, mm-hmm. it reminds me, I can't remember what studio it came up, like this situation came up before, like it would have been months ago. I should have looked it up before we started recording. But it's, um, <laughs> but it's like, it would be like the case everywhere though, is my point. So it's like, the problem with the game industry is like, there's so many problems. Is you know even just from the outside without being actually inside it, it's amazing. Yeah. But it's like um like one thing about it, like a major thing about it is that like senior talent leave really early compared to most industries because of the yeah. situation, like either because culture or just well, like culture extends to crunch methods as well. It's just like yeah, it's a very brutal taxing industry to work in for one reason, and or it doesn't another. pay as well as like if you worked for like. A tech company. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the main thing is it's like, there are people with, like, all these people in senior positions have skills that can so easily transfer to any other, like, Mm. these number other industries where they get paid better and have a better work life. And maybe it might not be quite as creatively fulfilling, but it's, like, better in, like, probably every other respect, which is, and especially if you're trying to, like, build a family or something, like, or just anything with, like, you know, maintaining a healthy work-life balance in any way. Yeah. It's just... You know, gaming offers so little outside of passion. And even then, it could, yeah. like, you know, gaming is becoming more and more about, you know, creating a singular game and maintaining it, which I'm not against. Yeah. But it's like, there's less of a, you know, games take forever to make now. And then it costs a lot more. Yeah. And then if you leave before that, you don't get credited. <laughs> it's just or, like, yeah, don't get credited or you don't get royalties because of some arbitrary percentage or whatever. Yeah, limit they put on things like that and it's there's so many downsides yeah and it's just like it makes total sense that people like senior positions as I understand are like the most in demand in general not just in Ubisoft and now yeah. like I, I'd be certain that Ubisoft is already feeling this particular problem and now this you know yeah. the expose of last year or two has really mm. accelerated it or maybe not really accelerated but you know enough to like for them to feel it even more yeah like, so you had, like, Jade Raymond leave years ago, Michelle Ancel leave, and then he, he's kind of come back with, like, I think Beyond Good and Evil, I think, is, like, kind of his baby. Patrice Desilets, who also co-created Assassin's Creed, 
he went off to do his own thing and then I think he's also now kind of tangentially affiliated with Ubisoft and maybe Ubisoft's kind of like funding one of his games. So like there are definitely like names like that are coming up but you're right like it's kind of like you don't hear about any developers until they become like really senior and then you then you can name drop them you know what I mean then like you can say oh this is Cor- Corey Barlog oh he's the God of War person you know what I mean? yeah but it's like in those cases those yeah. are like the most senior where I think a lot of the exactly. demand is for like the people below them like that you know you know you like need just like, below them you know the leads or even the people like, the like creative you know, director maybe. yeah it's like Ubisoft is like so gigantic and there has to be like such That's a huge true. hierarchy in how it operates and I'd imagine they're yeah. finding it harder and harder to both like develop like so yeah. which means keeping them in game industry basically and as Makes well as sense. in the company yeah. And also getting people to replace and like operate at the higher levels, even if that's just like mm. half the upper bracket, you know, there's still like a lot of people you need at a yeah, certain level. For sure. And it's, and you for want sure. them to stay. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. 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 It's an interesting and, and situation. The, and the narrative, like the thing I've always gleaned over the years of just hearing about the industry is that like if you've shipped a game, that's, you've already like, a, you're already a senior in a way. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I think it makes sense, like, if you think about it, like, what pulls people into gaming? You know, it's the passion for games. It's the creative, you know, it's, it's you've always wanted to be a video game, be involved with video, video games, right? But then you get into it, you realize, like, yeah, you might have some fun along the way, meet some nice people, but then there's a lot of shit that comes along with it. But you've built up the skills, you know, project management, kind of, like, managing crunch or managing employees, managing teams, dealing with stress or whatever. And then you just bring that over to like a tech company that'll just embrace that they're like oh holy shit this person has um worked at a video game developer they definitely know how to deal with you know this type of environment and they know how to work to deadlines and how to do you know this this and that like but we've got more we're willing to pay them more and give them better benefits like why wouldn't you go somewhere else yeah exactly yeah, I just mm. noticed in the show notes, like that sources told Kotaku that Ubisoft's been bleeding top-level talent for the past couple of years. So it's definitely before yeah. the expose hits, or the several yeah. expose. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not just it's a been, cultural I'm thing. sure it's like kind of those, um, like, you know, it's kind of like an open secret, I guess, in the industry maybe. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like it's like just yeah. an in- industry-wide issue it's just known but we just don't hear about it because these aren't you know like the kojimas of the world yeah like those people yeah. stick around in games and uh actually yeah. i'm not even sure barlock uh, barlock's working on uip isn't he but uh i know uh, uh, he's he, i think he's still heading up the new god of war like oh is he the god of war sequel i, I think left. so okay um yeah. well whatever it's like you know but like those people like they're known because they stick around and they make something gigantic and it's like there aren't yeah. too many of those you know it's like 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there's not too many so it's like that's true that's true yeah anyway yeah and just to continue uh the the article basically according to worker group a better ubisoft <laughs> love that that's a that's a nice um succinct to the point name yeah so junior staff will receive between 5 to 7% more pay um and senior staff could see their pay increase by up to 20% and what that could mean is like a, a lower level developer might see an increase of about 50,000 US dollars uh, from US um, uh, like a $50,000 salary increase by like another two and a half grand. So, you know, 52 and a half US dollars, which is about, you know, just over 71,000, I think, Australian. And a higher, higher level developer, uh, you know, you could see like 
you know, like a team team leader or something like that, um, could who's currently making like say about a hundred thousand US, so double, and coming in at about hundred thirty five thousand Australian dollars, could see an increase of up to twenty thousand US dollars, so another twenty seven grand, you know, put into their pocket, just to keep them, you know, at Ubisoft, and I guess it's. It's harder to change a culture, but it's easier to just throw money at the problem. And you can always write it off when the you know the financial call comes up and shareholders are asking why you, why haven't you made as much of a profit? You can say, oh well, we've had to pay our talent, you yeah. know, due to shifting preferences or due to a highly competitive job market, we've had to do this and blah blah blah. And you know, it, it yeah, <laughs> it's it's a kind of like a, a getting away with it. Like I mean, hey. If if that money is gonna you know help put your kids through school or whatever like great, um, but I feel like maybe at some point some people are just not motivated by money alone and may not be enough. Yeah, like it's um, I, I'm guessing it's actually kind of interesting because like Ubisoft must have maybe not a stranglehold but they'll definitely have a like dominant hold on the Canadian industry, like um game industry. It must. So it's like yeah. I'm kind of curious. It'll be Ubisoft and EA probably. So a lot of their a lot of their um, appeal would be being based in Canada and being based in like a major city in Canada, wherever you're working. So I'm kind of wondering, yeah. it's like, I guess that appeal is like really losing its luster as well. If yeah. no, I, I don't know how much of an appeal it would be. I imagine there would mm. be real benefits to living in Canada versus the US in a lot of ways. It depends on what you value. I don't know. I'm just kind of curious about like this whole situation because there's no way to fully yeah. know it without really being there I think but it's yeah um, and I'm sure that you know with EA Bioware Ubisoft having you know decades at this point of like they've kind of like gave the the Canadian game scene such a high rep like there are a lot of kind of satellite studios who've been built up plus a lot of studios set up by former you know AAA developers in Canada um like obviously i can't think of it right now because that's just what happens when you're recording a podcast but i'm sure that you know working at a company like that now may not be as lucrative as it was back then because there just weren't as many options yeah 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 so Mm. just as well yeah so Mm. just like a shifting industry that isn't in ubisoft's benefit anymore where it would have been before because they've been around for a long time it's kind of yeah i don't fully know that anymore but it's just like they've been around for a long time and it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. gauge just how ancient they are in yeah game and terms. i think also as with a lot of industries you know working like working remotely like being forced to work remotely through the pandemic has um, made people realize that yes you can work remotely you can develop games remotely and that means you don't need to be in the same city as your team yeah that's a good point as well it's yeah because yeah, there'll definitely be have have to be like a number of major studios willing to like kind mm. of eat the loss of not having someone in the studio for the sake of yeah. their you know talent and like their skill set yeah. so in like especially when there's like a you know this huge yeah um you know bleed of that level talent across the industry yeah. not just that individual mm. studios it's just yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. I'm like I'm not I'm not sure there's too much to add, but it's like it's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. The, f- the more I think about yeah, it, the more we like, talk about it. Yeah, and like um like I know this week, uh like Call of Duty Vanguard 
got released, I, I, which completely flew under the radar for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, like compared to previous Call of Duties, but like Sledgehammer Games has got like a satellite studio here, I think in Melbourne. I think okay. it might be, yeah, I think that it might be right. Melbourne or yeah. it's got a handful of developers here. So, you know, like like imagine like that whole team's remote compared to every every other part of Activision Blizzard and the game still came out and, you know, still met, met the deadlines and everything. So, you know, it, it's already been shown that it's possible. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, it's yeah. Yeah. How about uh, we move on to uh, our other favorite company, <laughs> Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Such I'm sorry, God. that way. Um, anyway, yeah. Feel like a couple of extra, a couple of new bits about Blizzard. Not too much, actually. Um, but the first one's kind of a big deal. Um, so former yeah. Vicarious Visions boss, Jen O'Neill, she has left Activision Blizzard um, after only three months on as three co-leader. Months. Besides Mike Ybarra. Oh. But she's been there for over 20 years. So Yeah, like I'd, she's been at Vicarious Visions for a long time. Yeah. And so, she was the former lead of the studio. Yeah, so this follows news from that we covered last week that Vicarious Visions are lose, seems are reportedly losing their name and being merged into Blizzard entirely as a Blizzard mm. studio, as in a Albany sports or studio. something. <laughs> yeah, in New York. Yeah, and it's um, yeah. So she was um, put up as a co-leader besides Mike Ybarra, um, replacing the former head Jay Allen Brack. So that was three months yeah. ago. Hasn't been long. Mm. Um, yeah, and so. Yeah, so she's leaving, um, and as it, she was also a part of the uh, board member of the group Women in Games International, and um, Activision donated one million in her honor as as she leaves. Um, you know, I think it's just another PR thing, but you know, a grateful yeah. one still. Like, interestingly, like just just quickly, um, like the announcement of uh, Jen and Mike getting hired was on the Activision Blizzard kind of news blog but the post of her leaving was just on the Blizzard site oh okay it's, it's interesting that yeah. it wasn't kind of surfaced on the the overall Activision Blizzard um kind of like a site who knows maybe they just like didn't want to upset shareholders or you know what I mean yeah <laughs> I, I wonder I'm just speculating but, I'm kind of yeah. curious how she felt not like not to like you know really try to evoke any drama of any sort, but I'm curious what she thought about Yabara being co-leader alongside her. Like she's been there for literally decades, and yeah. then like he's been there for like a year or something. He's been there for barely any time, and then he gets promoted as co-leader. <laughs> like he's he's had important positions before. Like I don't doubt it, because he was like um, VP of Xbox for a while. It was Xbox, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is like I'm not discounting that, but it's just like I don't know. I wonder if that factored in at all is not being kind that of that would really pi- I mean me personally that would piss me off yeah a company so. that I've like a, f- a company family that I've been part of for 20 years and mm. then this guy comes in like obviously Xbox is a huge has been a huge partner and a huge force in gaming but yeah I, I, especially as a woman I'm sure that there have been many times where she's been overlooked for certain positions of had her position undermined just because of you know, being in a male-dominated industry, that is what happens, and unfortunately, so yeah, that probably didn't sit too well. And this does happen, even I guess between you know male colleagues or female colleagues. Like y- you feel like you you weren't given your due. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say to speak to her. It's just something that I was thinking, <laughs> where it's just like, 
I remember being surprised when it was originally announced where it's like, you know, Yavara's barely been there. And it's just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's... So, she's leaving. Um, we'll see where <laughs> she goes afterwards. She's a very... Especially if her, her like, her company gets sacrificed into the, the blizzard, like, you know, as a sacrificial lamb to appease the blizzard gods. Yeah, I'm sure that didn't help either. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, so, in her goodbye letter to her employees, she stated in a quote... This energy has inspired me to step out and explore how I can do more to have games and and diversity intersect and hopefully make a broader industry impact that will benefit Blizzard and other studios as well. While I'm not totally sure what form this will take, I'm excited to embark on a new journey to find out, end quote. So not much of a, you know, not saying much, not like isn't heading anywhere in particular for um, as of now, seems. um, But wants to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. And I can, I can, I don't know. Won't say any more on that. A lot of it's just kind of overreaching speculation. But it's um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, big change for Blizzard mm-hmm. yet again. Yet again, <laughs> so many <laughs> times. Um, so uh, meanwhile, it was like um, pretty much announced at the same time. Overwatch Two and Diablo Four have been delayed to at least twenty twenty three. Um, announced by Chief Operating Officer Daniel Allegri. Um, quote, as we have worked with new leadership in Blizzard and within the franchises themselves, particularly in certain key creative roles, has it become apparent that some of the Blizzard content planned for next year will benefit from more development time to reach its full potential, end quote. So, yeah, so not next year either, <laughs> again. Mm. Um, it's it's kind of, it's especially surprising with Overwatch 2 because I kind of forgot how long that's been in development. Yeah. Um, Diablo like Overwatch Force. One is five years old now, mm. and this I feel like Overwatch Two was announced like two years ago now. I think yeah, something like that. And it's like Overwatch Two yeah. is like it's not really meant to be a traditional sequel either. It's meant to be like kind of like a half quill update thing. Yeah. So it's like it's theoretically like, it shouldn't take too yeah. long. And half the content are going to be in the original game as well. So why not continue it as like you know it's a service game already, and and people playing like overwatch players right now are starving for content yeah it's like because i'm sure they had they expected it to be out as soon as we kind of expected considering they like stopped cold on development of like further content for the original Mm -hmm. overwatch but um it's yeah it's it's still kind of a shock that it's like i guess like there's just been a lot of upheaval (laughs) on the development side like we're just talking about someone leaving (laughs) so yeah um, i could kind of see that just being part of it um yeah, so as part of this, Blizzard also they apparently are still still set to release a quote a substantial amount of content next year in 2022, which probably is related to WoW and all Hearthstone. I'm not sure what else they have right anymore. Yeah, I can't think of like I mean, there's also WoW Classic, which is its own thing, but also I guess I, 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 did Heroes of the Storm get shut down? I, I think they stopped making no new idea. stuff for it. I think you can still play yeah. it. But um, yeah, it's War and Warcraft is kind of like dead in the water. <laughs> I guess it's just the new expansion for that is probably on. Like, I don't remember when the last one came out. It was probably long enough ago that the next one's probably about to come out yeah. soonish. Oh no, I was thinking of Warcraft Three that re-release. Oh yeah, there's Sorry, no way that's bad. getting anything. <laughs> that one's <laughs> dead. Um, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, sad. Yeah. Um, but sad. Yeah. In terms of uh, company announcements and money and such <laughs> what's the next story yeah so take two interactive ha- has joined the oh we're gonna make a shitty move 
uh, game. And this time around, uh, during a, a recent earnings call uh, uh, last week, um, Bloomberg uh, reported that uh, Mafia 3 developer Hangar 13 uh, was working on a AAA game uh, called uh, Vault, like codenamed Vault. Uh, it's been in development in 2017, and <laughs> uh, Take Two Interactive, which owns, uh, you know, publisher 2K Games and you know uh, Rockstar Games, who makes the GTA games, basically said, "Oh yeah, no, nah, fuck that. It, w- it it looked like shit, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna. It's it's cancelled." And I guess the report, kind of the report going around, was that Hangar 13 was kind of caught off guard. Like either some people knew about it, like um, might have known about it, like just before it got announced. Whereas a lot of the developers, like, pretty much found out in the reports that came out afterwards. Jeez. Which I mean, if this is if that's true, that it's a really shitty way to find out that a project you've been working on for potentially four years has just got cancelled. And um, so essentially, uh, the game is a third-person online action game uh, featuring superheroes. So think of something like Anthem, <laughs> which is, you know, the the best comparison one could make, I guess, for like a online game, but probably something more like maybe a Destiny or a War Warframe might be a better, like more friendly comparison, let's say. Not Avengers. Um, but <laughs> oh, fuck. What? I'm sorry, but yeah, no, that, 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 that was a poor game. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like a live service game without actual like content like a like a proper roadmap it's getting spider-man this month what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> and i did get that wakanda like kind of expansion announced anyway i was well. just saying superhero stuff yeah yeah makes sense um but yeah so uh apparently uh sources told bloomberg that the that executive team decided that the game would require too much work and too many resources to be finished and the company had already sunk or already invested 53 million US dollars into the game's development. So, like, it's, it may sound like a lot of money, but for a company like Take-Two Interactive um, that spends hundreds of millions of dollars on games like Red Dead or GTA, um, like, I guess it probably isn't that much to lose. Yeah, it's like a GTA, <laughs> on, like, it's like a weekend on GTA Online. <laughs> online, yep, yep. That's the thing, like... It, company's going to definitely make hundreds of millions of dollars off the like the new ports to the new consoles let's be honest yeah in this case uh, off, uh, uh, off gta online and gta 5 yeah in this case though it's like it, i know it really bums me out because i was one of the you know dozen people who really liked mafia 3 despite it despite its like yeah. problems and like yeah yeah this it, this is i don't know i really wanted to see a new project on them that fixed the issues that game the obvious issues that could be mm. easily fixed in a new project or like easily yeah. considered better Better way to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. it's like, I don't know. If they spent this much money on the studio, as much as they could like easily make it back elsewhere, I imagine there's gonna see some layoffs sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. But it's, and, and the and the studio apparently uh, reportedly held a meeting last week to kind of discuss next steps in the wake of the announcement, and that uh, like uh, speaking to Kotaku, uh, like some of these sources cited that about 200 people at Hangar 13 will like worked on this project i guess not just hangar 13 but kind of you know as with any major AAA game nowadays like a like a million kind of side studios and stuff are kind of roped in or contractors are roped in to help with the game's development right and um no layoffs have been announced as of uh, as of like this recording 
and 2K Games uh, issued a statement to Kotaku and uh, quoting basically saying, uh, Hangar 13's latest project was creatively ambitious and exciting. When we pursue new intellectual properties, we occasionally may encounter situations that call for cancellation. Basically saying, this is a brand new idea. We weren't going to see the return on it, so we didn't bother, you know, it, we didn't feel like it was worth taking it further, right? Yeah. And interesting, because this probably would be the newest, like, intellectual property that anyone from the 2K family has done since probably, what, Borderlands? <laughs> and that was Gearbox. Like, that was just published by 2K. Yeah. You yeah, might be right. I'd be interested to know like, how far that goes. Like I'm trying to think. Uh, you know what? Maybe, no, it, it'll be Rockstar's Table Tennis that came out in 2010 or whatever. No, wasn't that like two thousand five or something? That was really early. Yeah, it was like um, it was to test out the en- the Rage engine before yeah. GTA Four. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> prominent IP. It's quite a long time. Yeah. yeah, and um, the the representative uh, continued by saying that uh, the studio's leadership is working closely with Two K to ensure that um, team members continue to do meaningful work either as part of Hangar 13 or on one of our other development teams, end quote. So, yeah. Very suggestive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at least, you know, what you can take from that is, you know, at least they're not losing their jobs. I mean, touch wood. Hopefully that holds true. And I'm sure there's plenty of, like, work to go around 2K, like working on GTA 6 or even just the ports to um, to the PS5 and Xbox Series XS. That actually does sound kind of likely, considering they have like mm. history working on a open world GTA like. Yeah, I mean it was years ago, but I imagine a lot of the same people are still there, or maybe not. I don't know. But if if they there if that is the case, then I can see them being turned into a support studio to you know yeah. be part of that factory because Rockstar is like the biggest of that, or like mm, or mm. maybe not the. I'm actually not sure. Like, it wouldn't be the biggest compared to Ubisoft, but I kind of always imagine them yeah. being like the most kind of hungry <laughs> in terms of manpower you remember yeah. like hearing stuff yeah. about like someone like spending you know their entire yeah that's right that was like an australian developer like um it was like some old article talking about how they were hired on to do like the ai for helicopters in gta four four or five that was in their entire job for like two years wow. it's like i don't doubt that requires a lot of work and skill to do it but it's just like it really puts things into perspective it makes me wonder how often mm. that common that is now, though. Games have only gotten bigger since then, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, 10 years ago, $53 million might have been the whole game's budget, development budget, but now it's, you know, for a AAA game, maybe, l- like, less than a quarter. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. It's, yeah, especially for a company like uh, 2K Games or Take-Two. But, you know what? We wish them the best of luck. Hopefully, they all find, you know, work elsewhere in the company or, you know, I guess... I guess Ubisoft's hiring. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Where is Hangar Thirteen based? They're in somewhere in the US. I don't know. In the US, uh, I, th- I thought it might have been in California, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Anyway, in better news, um, mm. Devolver Digital has gone public. Yep, um, California. Oh, California. And Prague. Okay. 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 Um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Onto the news. Um, Devolver Digital um, has seen a couple of big, big announcements. Um, Holy shit! Sorry, man. Did did Mafia Three come out in 2016? That's not right. That sounds close enough. Oh my god, they came out in 2016. Well, I said they've been I working on the game for five years, right? Oh my god, I thought that 
um, Mafia 3 only came out a couple of years ago. I didn't realize it was that old. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's because I, I wrote something about it a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know you did your kind of like your rewind or kind of like retrospective about it. Yeah. And I, and I remember you like liking it. Mm. Um, but Jesus Christ. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Continue, please. Yeah. <laughs> So, whatever segue I had, I don't remember it anymore. Yeah, happier news, money. that's it. <laughs> money and <laughs> <Yeah>, games. <laughs> um, Devolver Digital has gone public. They've had an IPO um, on the... Okay, I had to look up a, a bit of this because it's, it's not the usual IPO. Um, so, Devolver has raised, raised $261 million, which is around 350 Australian, in its submission to AIM, um, which is the alternative investment market, which is... Yeah, as I googled, the London Stock Exchange's international market for smaller growing companies. So it's the yeah, I guess it's like the sub stock market of a sort. <laughs> um, so they're the largest ever. Oh yeah, so in um, yeah, in raising two hundred sixty-one million, they, this has valued the company as a whole at nine hundred fifty million or one point two eight billion Australian dollars. So they are the largest Crazy. ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like really you just hard. Never think of Devolver like that big. Yeah, you always think of it as like almost like a grassroots effort at gaming publishing, and it's yeah. like just because their whole style and tone as well. It's like it's very much like yeah. manufactured on some level, but it's like you know, it's like it's been like that from the start. So they've like just they've been duping going. us for years now. They've been secretly, like even okay, so they've raised two hundred sixty-one million US, right? But that means that there was still seven hundred, almost seven hundred million dollars value there, as of like last week. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Because in my head, like, I didn't really hear about Devolver Digital until about 2012 when Hotline Miami was announced, and like was like that was like the break. I think the breakthrough hit for like Devolver Digital, and I think uh, like Devolver's gone from strength to strength, and you know has become kind of a mainstay of E3. You know, it has its own show and everything, so it yeah. it clearly acts like one of the big boys while like kind of trying to preserve the grassroots image of like an indie publisher well i think but like this yeah i think uh, i'm not sure i'm sure they're bigger now but i remember there was a article by um someone <laughs> i don't remember it wasn't us um kotaku or polygon or someone like that um they were covering yeah they were basically covering like the overall um you know in office situation and there's like 20 people there or something as of like you know as of wow. like a few years ago because that's all they need when they're like a yeah. publisher working on sp- smaller games and they're kind of keeping on contact and, you know, they're funding like smaller studios that don't need quite as much, I think yeah. is kind of the thing. And like they know how to do that well and they've grown mm. very, they've operated very modestly. Like they've grown slowly and assuredly. And now it's like, you know, we're after a pandemic, which actually was very lucrative for the game industry, so never mind. But Yeah, like uh, if, if we if we're... If we're thinking about it now, like um, like if I just looked on LinkedIn, like it still only shows forty-two employees. Jeez, still you know very I mean? small. Yeah, oh, same. I mean, yeah, like to I mean, my eyes, can, at least, to yeah. my ears, rather. Hundred percent. Like I feel like the average Macca's has got more employees <laughs> than well for digital, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh wow, crazy. Yeah. So this um, actually not sure. I think you'd call it an IPO, right? I just realized this, that acronym never came up. <laughs> anyway, mm. um, yeah, anyway, this evaluation, 
This makes it the largest ever US-based company by market capitalization to be admitted to the London Stock Exchange and the second largest company ever to trade on the AIM, on alternative investment market. So it's a um, big, big, um, what's the word, achievement <laughs> for Devolver. It's huge. Um, so it's, so, it's, so. It's the, so Devolver is a US company, but went public in the U- UK, not the US. Yeah, that's that's the part I was like, kind of, I, I really want to look part. into more where it's like, oh, this is a weird thing to happen. Like, I'm guessing I it's guess just because of the scale yeah. of it, but it's, um, if, it's, if they're operating on like a smaller stock exchange, maybe the US doesn't quite have the like that same uh, something similar. I'm not sure. Or maybe like maybe the valuation comes from the fact that it's like if a US stock exchange looked at it, maybe maybe US investors are a bit more savvy about it, and maybe UK investors are kind of partly swayed by getting such a like you know if if on paper like. Maybe they didn't. They didn't know about the kind of the the. They didn't really buy into the whole indie side of things, but you can always say that. Oh, you know, this is how many things we sell. This is how many games we release a year, and the numbers on paper look really good, especially. And so, like a UK team being like, oh, oh, oh okay, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like, I love how much I'm we don't sure know we about this. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is like so wrong. I can just feel it. Um. Anyway, so it's like uh, CEO yeah. Douglas Moran, um, in a quote um, in th- as part of this announcement, he said, um, quote, being a public company gives liquid liquidity to our amazing team, all of whom are shareholders. It also gives us access to capital markets to continue investing in our growth strategy and talent. So, um, yeah, definitely a first step. Hey. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so as part of this, that was kind of hidden away. I don't think it was very widely reported either. It was like, like if you go to their page announcing this, like on Devolver's website specifically, um, it's kind of hidden away, which is that Devolver, I'm not sure when. I think they say it's like within over the last half year or year. So it's, it's probably not today, you know. Um, yeah. They have acquired three more studios. In This is in um, addition to Crow Team, which they bought last year. And the publisher Good Shepherd Entertainment this past January, which I completely missed, Cro- to be honest. Crow Team, Croatia's <laughs> premier gaming developer. Oh, is that true? Folks <laughs> behind Serious Sam yeah. and Talos Principal. I didn't put together that it was in Croatia. <laughs> and it's like Crow I'm Team. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I think that's where it came from. Yeah, so um, the three studios they bought is Dodge Roll, developer of Enter the Gungeon. Um, Nereal, developer of Rain, the Rain series and the upcoming Card Shark, which I'm very excited for, by the way, and um, <laughs> Firefly Studios, developer of the Stronghold series. Um, so, yeah. So um, good acquisitions, solid acquisitions there. Yeah, very. Um, so in the the announcement I mentioned a second ago, um, quote: "The games and experiences that these four studios have planned are incredible, and each maintain their full creative autonomy afforded to them throughout our relationship." No specific plans for Enter the Gungeon 2, but rest assured we've asked them more than once, end quote. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so looking, things are looking up. It's all of a, like, there's an understatement. I was, yeah, I was expecting, like, a, a, like, a, like a little, like, kind of sketch or a little skit with, you know, the lady who hosts oh, yeah. all the, um, like, the Devolver shows, a showcase every, like, E3? Like, I, I wonder if, they should have made one. They definitely got to make it. Like, yeah. They got to make a big thing out of it at E3 this yeah. year, though, or next year. I mean, but yeah. um, we definitely won't not hear about it <laughs> in that <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. But it's also the whole post. Like I picked out like the least funny, <laughs> like um, <laughs> of the like, quote. Yeah. So it's, and it's still got a joke in it. Um, but it's uh, yeah. So that kind of sums up 
looking good. Um, yeah. Yeah, hey, Bulbs you know done what? well. Good on him. Congratulations, like, you know, being valued, um, like, almost like a, like a billion dollars. Like, it's it just shows how much, you know, how much, like, Devolver's been really dedicated to its, like, to, you know, putting in the right resources to the games and making sure that they do well. Because it's, and, and the hope is that, you know, like, Douglas Moran and the other kind of leadership team at, like Devolver doesn't just like cash out and leave and then bring it and then suddenly the company brings in a whole bunch of new suits that just like kind of you know try to convert it into the next big publisher and then you get another like Activision or something you know? it, yeah it does make me think that they're probably going to start publishing larger games though or like or yeah. like working with much larger teams which I don't know we'll see how yeah. that goes I suppose like they've got do a good think, track record yeah. but mm. like do you think like Devolver could like like do you think partly this is to like stave off maybe a company like Embracer Group or something coming after them oh maybe it, it could be like I, I can imagine like being like okay well n- now we're a billion dollar company we have shareholders and stuff like we're we're a big player now like it's not just something that you could acquire for like a hundred million dollars maybe like you know six years ago or something right doesn't this actually kind of open them up to be purchased by Embracer, though, if they actually got stock out there? That's true. That's true. But I think, yeah, I guess. But maybe it's... um. But now that it's, like, valued at that, mm. maybe that makes it a harder purchase. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know so. what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. Huh. Uh, uh, like, yeah. that definitely seems like the kind of team Embracer would have been interested in. And the fact that yeah. they haven't bought it already probably says enough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, the Embracer group is, like, kind of... The, the Terminator chasing them down. Yeah, I did. I was thinking that a little like bit <laughs> when he said Embracer. Where <laughs> and it's then like, like, oh my God, they had to like kind of put the foot on the gas. <laughs> it's Embracer and, and it's wearing like, a hockey mask. <laughs> oh no. It's like, I thought Embracer was dead. It's like, <laughs> oh, but you know what? Which is the best of luck. Hopefully the team, you know, hopefully like that expansion means we get a lot more, like a lot more games coming out that we may not otherwise see or a lot more money thrown into projects that, you know, may not have the... I guess it's twofold. Now that you're beholden to shareholders, you have to be more commercially kind of mindful and, you know, provide them with the returns on the investment. But then the capital that you get also helps you invest into games that otherwise you couldn't justify before. You know? Yeah. I think it's in this case... sword that way. I think in this case, the evaluation would have been based on the fact that they've operated so conservatively as a company like they've worked very you know they always sponsor small teams they always like i don't i don't think they really cancel any games like maybe they don't have the right to anyway but um i don't know Mm. they've operated very you know very steadily for yeah like a decade now and maybe that's just a big part of it and like and it's like also the games they choose make money probably very consistently at this point so i don't know like i think initially there's not much reason for them to be too scared of being like yeah. you know having their culture or approach changed just because it's working so why change it but um at, like at scale though that that those rules definitely would change i mean i'd imagine yeah. so so it's um yeah very see how the next hmm. five years or so <laughs> go when all these well, like kind of comes into effect i think um it's safe to say that uh we're gonna announce that double jump is gonna pivot from a games website to be now a publisher submit all your half-baked games and we will put some snarky comments 
in our press releases and some meme videos. And yeah, we're gonna give us a billion dollars, please. That's how that's how it works, right? Is that? I think know, so. Wait six years and <laughs> yep, sure. nine years later we can cash in. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Let's <laughs> talk after the talk after the show. <laughs> no, this is already happening. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's good news and. And I guess that that's going to do it for the news uh, for this past week. A, l- a lot of good stuff happening, you know. Always good to see growth, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, all, all all jokes aside, that with the Australian government kind of getting behind the games industry, that maybe we do see a devol- like excuse me, like more devolver, like maybe publishers like Mighty Kingdom um, or Big Ant or something like doing, you know becoming a company as large as a devolver hmm. at least relative to the australian market you know i think we definitely have hey. a few games that something like devolver would be interested in too like the kind of teams yeah. they work with i yeah. can't think of many off the top of my head i was thinking of a was, few was, but yeah i was thinking of like midnight runner i feel like we had one a midnight protocol like we had one um devolver published that uh oh, i'm just trying to think it was um it was at the devolver showcase it was like it had like a maze. I was trying to think of it like um, uh, digital like showcase. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm I'm kicking myself. <laughs> I think um, I've wrote the Devolve one this year. As yeah, well. I thought I thought <laughs> you did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't remember maze. And I think though. we had a preview of it as well. Um, maze like, is anyway. a good enough clue for me apparently. And it was an Aussie developer as well. Okay. I feel like it's something runner, but I could be wrong. Midnight runner? No. Anyway. Yeah. There's something there. Look it up. We should do it next. We should definitely try and mention it next week. I feel kind of bad for like half <laughs> mentioning an Australian developer and going, oh, I can't remember. Damn it. Uh, I know. It's killing me. I have to find it now. All right. Oh, I, I'm, I'm Phantom Abyss. That's the one. Oh, how do you get Maze? Oh, Labyrinth kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, because of Labyrinth. It's, yeah. yeah, come on. I was thinking <laughs> like top down. <laughs> Go easy on me, all right? Calm down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Anyway, but yeah, so that's uh, that was the news for this past week. Mm. <laughs> <But> so yeah, <laughs> um, as always, uh, write into podcast at doublejump dot co. Send us your questions um, on topics you'd like us to cover, or if you'd just like to say hello and give us some feedback, always appreciate it. Or if you just want to s- stand on top of your soapbox and rant about something happening in the industry, like you know, that is always welcome. <laughs> yeah, <that'd be laughs> would, would welcome it. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah, um, it's a it's been fun. Um, we should have our multiplayer going up by the time you, everyone uh, hears this. So we'll we'll definitely cover that in next week's episode. But definitely head over to doublejump.co to read um, all of the awesome content that we've been releasing. Um, it's yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see, you know, um, how like Forza holds up over the week. I know that Battlefield launches in early, you know, for early pre-order holders like oh, idiots it? like me oh. on on friday on the 12th oh, you so that's going to be interesting <laughs> yeah uh, i pre-ordered it like back in october oh, or, right. or whatever yeah. i had to look okay i had to look it up to figure out which version was the one that gave you early access so it's battlefield 2042 gold edition but you have to pre-order it on pc via origin so yeah. the Steam version, the Epic Games or whatever, I couldn't get confirmation that any of them had uh, the seven days yeah. early access. Seven days, that's huge actually. Yeah. A full week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like especially in a multiplayer game like that where, you know, you get you unlock attachments and stuff like that. Yeah. 
but we'll, it'll be interesting to see. Well, it's just like, it's such a, like, I don't even think of it as a head start. It's like, okay, it comes out a week early for these people and then a normal releases that, that much later. It's like even four days yeah. felt like, it's like, it's fine. I, like, I don't care that much, but it's just like a week is like such a, <laughs> so it just feels like a, I don't know, there's something about it breaking from like a few days to like a full <laughs> other section of time. <laughs> I don't know. It's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, that we'll, 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 um, we'll probably... I'm sure there'll be some new controversy coming about out about that next week. Who knows? Well, it might even get delayed because I definitely think it needs to be delayed. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, I'm going to be talking <laughs> about wrestling next week, so hell yeah! <laughs> like uh, the hell next yeah. next AEW pay per view full gear is next weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's right before uni kicks back in for me. <laughs> um, so it's like so oh, it's on Sunday. So this coming weekend. Yeah, this coming Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. Right. Gotcha. And it's called Full Gear. Yeah, it's got a cool Metal Gear Solid type name. It's got it's like the only name of the bunch because it's got like four. I uh, won't talk too long. Four Gear is like easily the most nonsensical t- title for him because it doesn't make much sense. But um, I like it a lot. Yeah, like um, it's not Fifth Gear, it's not Top Gear, it's Full Gear. Yeah, unless I'm missing something, it sounds like nonsense to my ears. But um, I like it a lot. But it's um yeah. So I'll be talking about that next week because I've got a lot of. I got, there's like three shows I'll be watching. So it'll be like two hours on Thursday, an hour on Saturday, and then four hours probably on Sunday. Oh my God. Yeah, it's about, about, oh about four hours God. almost definitely because they're almost that long. Always that long, I mean. So if you're not playing Forza or Battlefield, you've got something else to do. That's homework for next week, everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but thanks so much again, John. Always, always a, lot of, a ton of fun uh, shooting the shit with you. Would yeah, love to hear more about the kitten adventures. Oh next yeah, week. yeah. I'll, I'll probably have to decide between kittens and wrestling. <laughs> we'll see. I don't talk much about wrestling, so like I bring it up, but I don't actually say much. So I'll probably talk about kittens a lot. I need I need a comparison between the best matchups on the weekend versus uh, the best fights between your two kittens. Oh, they've had a see bunch. So like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> best suplex. See who's like a high Zoe. flyer. Sounds like your yeah your Zoe uh, your 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 girl cat. She seems like the high flyer type. Maybe. She is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the top uh, rope. And, and, uh, and the boy cat the boy cat's more of a grappler. Let's just say he's more traditional. He's grounded. He's a ground. You don't, grounded wrestler. <laughs> you don't know exactly how accurate that is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for uh, listening to us. Once again, head over to doublejump.co for all of our social links. And if you love what you heard today, please do subscribe to us or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. And until then, everyone, look out for one another. Peace. Bye. I really want to hear about your cats. You have to tell me.